0: Hi everyone, from AppLog, I'm Chirag and this is the AppLog Show, a show where we go deep into real problems faced by students and young professionals and figure solutions together with thoughtful reflections. In today's episode, we'll talk about mental health and social media and we've got a very special guest with us to help us with this deep conversation. Stephen is a second year student at UBC Who is a dear friend of mine, an activist on social media, and he volunteers at the Suicide Prevention Center. He is a true man of service, super passionate about making our community better. Also, one of the super nicest people I've ever met. Funny story how we met, we just bumped into each other at the infamous UBC Rose Garden and just started talking about sports and life. So yeah, let's get right to our conversation. Hey Steven, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, It's been a very long time since we last met. How you've been? What's been happening with you?
1: First of all, thanks for having me. Um, Life has been different because of, you know, COVID, um, but it's been good. We've been taking baby steps, um, but we're getting there. How about yourself?
0: Baby steps, you know, I think baby steps is the perfect way to put this thing like this big thing that has happened to all of us at the same time and um and we gotta take baby steps because when the pandemic began I was like damn this is so big I won't be able to see most of my friends Mm um uh when the pandemic began it wasn't it was in January but we started to actually feel it in March and in March when the school shut down I thought about uh visiting family like I was like in this place where like I was thinking that it's the end of the world and I gotta see my mom and um and I didn't think about baby steps then and I visited uh, my family for a while and uh, and recently for school I came back in Vancouver like five months ago and um, and yeah, I've been taking baby steps. Like I've um, adapted to this idea of baby steps. How have you been adapting to this idea of baby steps? What are your some of your baby steps been?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm grateful to hear that you've been you know trying your very best to adapt to everything. For me, I guess I've been obviously staying home a lot <laughs> at the beginning in March. It was very difficult to wake up and literally do nothing and then sleep and then wake up and literally do nothing again it was quite difficult however you know baby steps again um i was able to come up with a routine that was helpful in maintaining my sanity so i would start making tiktoks i don't know if you ever saw any of my tiktoks but it was i started out as something just for fun and then it, it got pretty big and i was like oh this is pretty cool um and i covered you know, comedy, mental health, and all that good stuff. But that's how I kind of did the baby steps. I kind of took my interest for, you know, public speaking and people, and put it into TikTok. And right now, we're like doing pretty okay there. So that's my baby steps.
0: Yep, I I saw some of your TikToks on Instagram that you shared, and uh, and even on Twitter, I guess, and uh, and yeah, those TikToks are hilarious. But uh, but yeah, like. Um, I can see you engaging with so many people on social media and uh, and bringing in this positive vibe, like this natural aura that you bring whenever you are engaged with people. I think that is just amazing. Um, I, I was telling uh, everyone on the show about how we met, and this sounds so pre-pandemic, like the way we met it was the time when um uh, i was finishing my first year you recently got your offer to come to ubc and uh and we just met in the garden and then we just walked like two strangers and the possibility of that happening right now is so low but so low. <laughs> but, but you've been adapting to this new thing about connecting with people through social media means and uh, And yeah it is genuinely inspiring because um everyone on the show like i'm telling you guys like if you guys follow steven on twitter or instagram the posts are so wholesome and they're so energizing they're so motivating and they're so like some of them like make me extremely angry because of the stuff that is happening in our world but some of them are also inspiring like Tell us more about that, Steven. Like, uh, like, what motivates you to do all this good on social media?
1: Oh, well, I just want to say thank you. I didn't really think that my, I guess, social media presence was um, of, you know, that much me like it meant that much tea. So thank you for saying that. Um, so for me, what motivates me most is just honestly, whenever I just look at a lot of things, like you said, some things just aggravate me like at the injustices i'm like what is happening and if i can in some way bring awareness to any kind of issue that's the least i can do right and we all have platforms it's not a matter of you know if we have platforms it's like what are you going to do with it and so for me i take my platform and i want to you know expose as many of the few people who look at my stories who look at my tweets to just all the things that are happening and how they can get involved in making the world a better place for one person at least so yeah
0: what was that uh, do you have this one story which like stands out in your head that made you like so upset like is there one that really stands out like number
1: one Oof. off the top of my head the one that really i guess made me and a lot of us really upset was the George Floyd. Um, that one was absolutely infuriating for me. I just looked at that and I just couldn't, um, like I, my blood was boiling at the sheer injustice and then just not so long after we had Breonna Taylor happening and so many other things have happened since then. So it's, 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 it's half and like, I don't know, for me, it's comforting that this awareness has been brought to a lot of people. But it's also a little bit discouraging to see that a lot of people have almost treated like a trend so i'm trying to make sure that that's you know that doesn't die out because what happened to george floyd is not history right it's still quite literally happening and so for me it's like stories like that are always pressing on my heart
0: absolutely yeah when when injustice happens like it it really moves us like injustice is is moving and it's supposed to be heartbreaking it is supposed to captivate people it is supposed to push us to a better instincts and do better and and um social media has enabled that at a very large scale yeah yeah like these these things are so so emotional like um, like sometimes yeah like it will involve so many emotions how how do you deal with these emotions like let's let's talk about mental health now what what do you think like helps you in managing so many emotions like these are so painful stories like what helps you
1: ironically as much as i am very active on social media one of the ways that i actually do prevent myself from experiencing burnouts or having my mental health get to a place where it's just really devastating is by taking breaks from social media, right? So there are certain content that I refuse to consume when I know that my mental health is not in the greatest place. And that's the key part is being aware, right? So it's being honest with myself and sitting down and being, okay, so how am I feeling? Because a lot of the times I would say that we get kind of busy with school and life and all these things that we don't really know how we're actually doing. And so for me, I make it my goal to know how I actually am. And when I know that I'm in a very vulnerable position, I will take time off certain television, like even if it's just a show. Like there are certain shows where the content is a little too much for me when I'm in a certain mental uh, headspace. And so I'm just careful in that regard about what I'm consuming. And I spend more time reading a book or going on a walk or just talking to a friend in order to prevent myself from you know, delving into uh, an area of my life that's a little, you know, not the greatest condition.
0: Those are those are amazing things. You you put it so well. I'm I'm hearing self awareness that you need to be honest with yourself for your current situation, and um, and you need resilience. It takes courage to to reach out to a friend. It takes courage to stop doing whatever you're doing right now and take a step back to actually reflect. it, it takes courage to do that was like do you feel that i feel this certainly like at times i i feel that that no i like it takes it takes so much courage like i'm like shit like i'm not feeling that courageous right now and i would just rather go to bed and sleep and or just keep on going like like do you feel like that sometimes
1: oh oh man yeah (laughs) it's i would be lying if i said that this journey is anything but like hard (laughs) it's very challenging and so yeah there are days where honestly i would say that there's nothing wrong with having those days where you don't feel like being the most proactive i feel like there's space for days like that where you just give yourself that kind of rest where it's like you know what i i do want to fix x and b and i know what i should be doing but i just don't have that energy and i think that it's safe and healthy to also make space and how do we
0: normalize this thing how how do we normalize this as a very like community kind of like a thing where everyone like we understand this and and um, and we kind of like take steps to um, take steps to think about our health and prioritize it like yesterday 28 jan was bell let's talk which is it is pretty fitting that we are talking mm-hmm. today about mental health and yesterday was bell let's talk and and i think uh, moments like these do help but um but yeah like i'm thinking of this thing which is so painful for people and uh, and something should be done about this what do you think
1: i absolutely agree when you say that it shouldn't be like i love the fact that we have the bell let's talk but we should be doing this these kind of things year-round right because people don't just have you know, a day they need to have that kind of space to talk all the time. And one of the things that I always talk to my friends about is that I am an advocate for mental health. And specifically I'm an advocate for the normalization of mental illnesses and different disorders and conditions, not desensitization. So I don't know if I ever told you this, but I work at a suicide hotline and one of the things that we, you know, we learn there and and we help people with is um, with their different mental health uh, struggles. And I love the fact that these people feel so comfortable with being able to just talk to us about what's happening in their lives. But what breaks my heart is the fact that whenever I'm talking to these people and I'm like, you know, I really love supporting you and I love being here for you, but do you have anyone in your life that you can talk to about your, what's going on for you? And 99% of the time, people often say, like, I can't talk to anyone about this. And for me, that always breaks my heart because I'm like, man, like imagine that was someone that you knew, like someone in your life right now is struggling and they're not able to talk to you about it because it has this huge taboo on it where it's like, if you have any sort of mental health problems, it's, it means that you're quote unquote weak. You know, it means that you're not, you're not trying hard enough. You know, it's all in your head. And for me, it's that, that kind of understanding of mental illness is absolutely problematic and it leads to more harm than good right and that's why i'm pushing for that normalization of mental illnesses it's not saying that mental illnesses are good it's saying that if you have them you should be able to have that space where you can talk about them and get the help that you need
0: man i love that i'm i'm speechless like you're this thing that you're doing is so important because this is this is a problem where where this is not considered to be normal like the stigma that is attached is holding people back from seeking care when they need it the most um yeah i yeah i'm speechless bro like this is this is so cool this is so cool what what brought you to this like um, to to think about mental health and take action to normalize this
1: oh that's a so for me it's twofold um when i was in high school i Um, had, you know, people who I cared about and really loved who were going through a lot of, you know, mental health crises and all these kind of things happening for themselves. And it's like, I think the biggest problem with a lot of people who deny mental illnesses and stuff like that, it's they just more so don't understand the gravity of of these things. So for me, having that I had people who I loved and was close to, that I could just see the effect it had on them. And that effect was absolutely just devastating and heartbreaking for me just to, you know, see someone that I love in such a tremendously heavy and difficult situation was so heartbreaking that for me, I was like, what can I do? Right. And one of the things that I did choose to do was get the suicide hotline training and start working there so that I could not only help my people that I care about, but I could also help, you know, people in my community that are going through similar things. Um, And yeah, so for me, it's just that kind of like, I saw people that I cared about going through a lot of things. And the second part is that, you know, I would be also lying to say that I haven't gone through things myself. Right. So for me, I have gone through my own battles with mental health and and all these different things. And I would say that it's a battle that's ongoing. Right. I don't think that it's one of those things that just a point in time. I feel like it's, we all have mental health, right. That's one of the things where I just feel like it's sometimes misused. We all have mental health. It's either that mental health is either optimal, or it's suboptimal right same thing we all have physical health it's either it's optimal or not so optimal um so for me it was just my own experience with my mental health um and just seeing the effects it had on me and and that and i was just like man if i made it through i want to make sure that other people make it through too because it was not an easy journey it took me
0: so much time to explain that to my family about uh optimal mental health and suboptimal mental health that that sometimes uh, we need care and sometimes we need to reach out and sometimes we are going through this thing which is holding us back from being uh, at our optimal self and and just in a way just coming out to them in a way that i'm seeking therapy was was a thing like it was a pretty big thing uh, it was it was not so long ago. it was like nine months ago nine to ten months ago and um, and yeah it was um, made me laugh to be honest like when I, when I look back to that moment now it makes me laugh and and yeah and my mom was pretty supportive but my dad was like okay it's fine <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah like have you have you been through a similar experience so your parents are kind of like Yeah, it's all
1: good. (laughs) Well, I can definitely. So for me, I can't speak to that with personal experience, um, but I can definitely speak to that when it comes to uh, the black community as a whole. (laughs) Um, it's It's a very unfortunate fact, and I don't it's definitely not just exclusive to the black community. It's very much so widespread. This belief of, you know, mental illness just being in your head or just, you know, just wake up, just get out of it, you know, just try harder. Um, And I've heard stories of, you know, parents time and again um, denying the lived experiences of their own kids. You know, kids will be like, mom, my mental health is not great. And also it's like I get these kind of calls uh, at work as well where kids will be like, oh, my parents don't want me to go get help. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where you're like, what do you what does that mean? But it's a very true reality for a lot of people where it's like they do know what's going on in their head and they do need help. But then their family members are like, no, you know, you don't need help. You know, like, Therapy is for crazy people. You know, it's one of those things that you hear a lot. And I don't know how long it's going to take for us to work at, you know, erasing that kind of stigma. However, I think we are getting closer by the day. But definitely, we're not anywhere close to where we need to be. Absolutely.
0: You know how I know that we are close? In this moment, I know that we are pretty close to that goal because we are too... Uh, two guys talking about mental health we had two guys <laughs> talking about mental health which would be unimaginable a few decades ago and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I just feel optimistic about this like where we are headed but yeah we gotta move quick because their lives are at stake and uh, yeah for sure okay I'm thinking what else should we talk about <laughs> Um. Yeah. What's in your head? Do you you want to talk about something else? I should nudge the conversation
1: Oh. For me, I was going to talk about the whole, you know, men and mental health. Um. One of the things that concerns me the most is how I don't know if you've probably heard the statistics before, but men are four times more likely to die by suicide than women are.
0: I didn't know that.
1: And. Yeah, that is a very widely researched and agreed upon statistic. That's really scary. It's like four times more likely. And people sometimes interpret it to mean, you know, it's definitely true when you look at it, men do tend to use very, very aggressive suicide methods, which does end up in them dying more and then women will use a lot less lethal ones. However, this still paints a picture that men are struggling, right? And it's not what we've always kind of been told by society is that men are okay, they're fine. And as a psychology major, one of the things that I was learning about when it came to mental disorders and mental illness was that for men, depression actually can show okay. up differently. A lot of times when we think of depression, a lot of us have this Im- image of, dis- of depression that's more general. And that's, it, when it comes to men, actually, men can sometimes display depression. Sorry, oh, the sound. Is. Uh, Men can sometimes display depression as anger. So that's a common symptom when it actually comes to men, which is often not spoken about, which leads people to think, oh, then men must, you know, they don't have depression. I never see a man just, you know, sad. But no, depression can show up differently and it's not any less valid. It's just as serious. And just the fact that whenever I was reading those books, you know, for class and for leisure, that just continue to, you know, inform me that men are struggling really, really, like as bad, if not worse than women are. And I would argue from, from my perspective that it's because men aren't allowed to talk about anything, right? Society tells us that we're supposed to be strong. <laughs> we're supposed to do all that. It's, it's almost like they're saying that talking about your problems makes you weak, which is not true, right? I think that vulnerability takes so much strength. Yeah, um, the, keeping your things in, keeping what's happening in your world inside is far easier than actually opening up about it. Because when you open up, you're basically letting people in. And that is really scary. I don't know what you feel about that, but for me, that's yeah. so scary. <laughs> like opening my, open up my heart to, you know, to whatever someone might do, right? That vulnerability takes immense, immense strength.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah, vulnerability is tough for me too. And, and one thing that I've learned, um, is that you have to be vulnerable, otherwise you're going to be alone, and and this constant cycle of being alone pushing you more towards depression in various forms—anger, sadness, anything—is is troubling. Um, do you feel that um, if we if we get to a point where we can actually solve the problem of loneliness, the loneliness epidemic, do you feel that it will bring us closer? towards helping men and men will be more vulnerable
1: oh man i would i would hope so right it's one of those things where that's something i was actually reading about this whole that's been you know named the loneliness epidemic I'm, i'm i'm hopeful and optimistic that that will amount to a positive impact and influence to men's mental health in general um but i do definitely believe that you know, it goes further and deeper than just loneliness, right? There's definitely it's multifaceted mm. for different people, but for sure that I I do believe that you know this will be a step forward wow. for sure.
0: Okay, yeah, I see that. Is is there a statistic that um, that says that um, that um, that loneliness is kind of like pushing folks towards depression? Like I'm not sure about that.
1: Hmm. So from I don't know about statistic, but at work, when we're talking about... Because we run the suicide hotline and the mental health hotline. So whenever someone calls 1-800-SUICIDE or they call 310-MENTAL-HEALTH, it always comes to us and we do pick up. And what we're trained to do is to pick up on signs of you know, depression and, and suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the things on there is um, isolation, okay. loneliness. And that's one of the symptoms that we do look for. But there's a lot of other things, right? We have hopelessness, for example uh something that we look for in someone's story. We, we look at purposelessness as well, right? And we look at things like mood swings and you know, if, someone, if someone's been experiencing very heavy shifts in mood. So there's definitely a lot of, again, when it comes to mental illness, that's one of the things that's really troubling and, and difficult is that it's so different in different people. Like depression looks so different. Like one person with depression might be smiling all the time. And another person with depression might be in the room locked away, having showered for 10 days. Right. And there's a person in between who is just mix of both. Right. And that's one of the difficulties of mental illnesses is that they tend to show up really differently. Right.
0: What do you think, Stephen, that we can do now? Like all of us, what are some of the baby steps that we can take to to normalize this? Because we're all in pain and, and um, I feel that change happens when we are all collectively taking small steps every day. Um, what do you think we can do?
1: Oh, that's definitely like absolutely true. Um, the one thing that I always try to facilitate or foster with my own friends is that when I ask them how they're doing, I actually ask them how they're doing. Right. Cause sometimes we do things like, how are you? And we're not really waiting for a response. We just kind of expect I'm fine. So instead of just asking things like that, you could be like, you know, what's one thing that's been challenging for you this week? right? Asking questions like that, because people want to talk, it's just they don't have that space to talk. And I see that all the time on the lines. It's like people are desperate to have someone listen. And we are desperate to have someone listen. But you have to make that space, right? And so it's really important to ask questions like that. You know, what's been challenging for you? What's one thing that I can support you with this, you know, support you in this week, right? And just, and if you sense that someone that you're talking to might not be readily like you know you know ready to talk about what's happening one way of helping them open up is by opening up yourself right so saying this is what i've been going through a c blah 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 b this is this and then asking them you know what what have you been going through like how's this week been for you right because challenges are inevitable in life right and it's pretty naive to assume that everyone's life is completely rainbows and sunshine um and I feel like in order to foster that kind of conversation and to destigmatize things about mental health, mental illness, it really does start with our own friends and our own family and loved ones and just being vulnerable and honest with them and just sitting down and having those conversations, even if if it's uncomfortable, right? Being like, you know, how are you? Like even ask it twice, right? Don't just take, I'm fine, when you can definitely see something is not fine. You know, ask genuinely, how are you? You know, how have you been doing? And just for me, that's what I've been, I've seen has been really helpful in my relationships is just being that person that actually gives my friends the space to talk about what's going on. And it's honestly one of the most beautiful things, having your friends feel heard. It's part of life, you know, being heard and feeling seen. It's such a priceless thing.
0: I love that. We are ending this episode on such a such a positive note. This is this is something that we all can do every day, and um, yeah, I love this. I I loved this episode. Thank you so much, Stephen, for joining us today and uh, and making change and making change by doing everything that you do for everyone who lives in vancouver for everyone who lives in canada and all over the world now too thank you so much you're awesome man one quick thing before we depart uplock has designed an exclusive program just for students that will help you in your growth journey with a dedicated mentor coach and an inspiring wholesome uplifting community of business professionals and students in Canada pushing you to achieve your goals. Some of our students have landed internships during these trying times and we are so happy that we have been able to help so many students. If you feel that you need support beyond this podcast, send us a DM and we'd love to chat with you about our program and enrollment. So that is our show for today. I hope our stories and insights helped you. In your journey. We are super grateful you stayed with us till the end. Feel free to reach out to me on our socials at applognet. I'd love to hear from you.